All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full-time, part-time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another. And if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to Jennifer Healy. She is a managing director within Accenture, a partner, a mom. And I, I've got to tell you, I love this conversation. We talk about how we're just making the next best decision and how we can positively create increments a year or two and actually cultivate and grow a career that we're deeply proud of that we get to lead with our authenticity. I love this conversation. I am certain you will too. Let's get into it. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cass. I'm so excited to be here. I am really excited to chat with you. Full disclosure, we've had a little bit of a pre-conversation and I was talking to Jennifer as part of my work and I said to myself, I need to have this woman on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Oh my goodness. And the world's broad, right? It is. um, So I work for Accenture, a global consulting firm. Um, I have been with Accenture since 1989, which is super scary to say out loud because uh, it makes you reflect on a lot of years and decisions that have been made about you know family and life and bringing us to this path. Um, and uh, and so I, I work with a lot of our clients globally, and more importantly, a lot of our people globally. Um, the other part of my world is my family. I have a wonderful, supportive husband who also. Um, Works in consulting, or did till he uh, he decided to to stop it at the thirty year mark, which I um, I envy and, and fully support. We made a family decision, and three amazing boys. So mother of sons, which which is uh, takes me out of my comfort zone. For those that um, know me, I um, I grew up ice skating and dancing, and I have learned football and I have learned rugby. Um, so my boys are nineteen, twenty three, and twenty seven. And uh, it's been fun to try to guide their journey as well, to the extent they let me. That's amazing. I want to dig into this first piece of this, of being invested in a company for such a span of time. That's not what we're seeing as the norm these days. But I think that Accenture offers a unique opportunity to do that because While you've stayed within the organization for a really long time, the jobs have not been the same. 100%. 100%. And just, I mean, transparency. I think like so many, um, uh, especially even today, um, students that are graduating from college and trying to figure out what they want to do next, I very clearly, when I graduated, had no idea what I wanted to do. I could put some boundaries around it. Um, I was an information systems and accounting major. So back in the days of the, the big eight accounting firms that people you know used to know about, I knew directionally um, that's where I wanted to head. But if you ask me, what do you want to do day, day to day? I, I wouldn't even answer it. Um, and so um, for me, I am very candid with my 
people, um, mentors and mentees that I took this job and I said to my dad at the time, my dad was like, go work for consulting. You'll learn a lot about what you want to do. And I said, I'll do it for two years. Um, in 1989, Accenture was 30,000 people. It was a private partnership. I always tell the story. There was one female partner. She didn't have kids. Um, and so I thought, ah, okay, you know, that's not really the place for me long-term. I, I know my aspiration in terms of what I wanted in my personal life and my family life, but I'll give it two years. And um, the amazing thing that, you know, that has evolved is that I didn't, could have never predicted where I would be now. If you had asked me, you know, well, where is this going to land? You know, do you want to be partner this, that, or the other? Um, I could have never predicted that. And, um, and some of that just comes with the way that the world changes, obviously, more quickly right now. Um, the second piece of it is Accenture as a company in general. Um, we, we have evolved and changed. And so I tell people a lot when I break down the components, I've probably had seven different jobs. And so while my employer hasn't changed, uh, you know, I started off doing programming, technology programming, and I am now driving transformation, strategic transformation um, opportunities. And, and I'm very much on the, the business side. Again, I was more of a business major anyway, um, but you can take it and, and it really has not been one job. So you're right. It's not, not the standard thing to do, if you will, or not as common. But I think if you look at you know, the evolution of individuals wanting to have a lot of different experiences to round themselves out. You said so much in there that I want to highlight, but the main piece is, is that in hindsight, you could not have navigated this path to where you are right now. No, no. I mean, no, because there wasn't one person I could look at and say, oh, I see the stepping stones. I just need to follow Cass. Look what Cass did. That's what I'm going to do. What I saw was a lot of people who were giving me guidance on what they did. None of their stories resonated with me. How did you navigate that? Like, how did you navigate that moment of feeling like, I don't have a model in which to follow here? Did it feel, how did it feel, number one? And then what did you do about it? Yeah, it, it um, you know, I can talk in hindsight. At the time, it felt, um, I think I accepted this short-term decision I was making. Every year, I was saying, oh, one more year. Oh, I'll only be there two years. Um, and we laughed. Like at my 25th, you know, once I hit 25 years, my husband said, okay, so have you decided you're not going to be there just one, you know, one point? <laughs> like at what point do you look and say? So I think the feeling part of it was, how do I accept the fact that actually this is where I belong? This is giving me, you know, in my own mental model. Um, so, so that's how it felt. It felt very um, temporary, honestly. Like for the, for, and that was because of me. It had nothing to do with anybody external to me. It didn't have to do with the organization. It was my mental model. Um, when I think about it, how I got there and how I got through those years and pivoting to these different careers, um, it mattered a lot to me who I worked for. Yeah. So I have a lot of conversations with some women now where they talk about what they want to do, which is clearly important. Skills, capability, clearly important. But I said, I made decisions on who I wanted to work with because certain leaders gave me the space to be authentically me. And then I could excel or I could have candid conversations about what I actually wanted, right? So I'm easy to say, hey, Cass, like what I really like to do is this. And if it was a safe space, they'd say, oh, well, you could do that, right? And and so part of the navigating very much was finding um, trusted advisors, finding comp 
you know, confidants in the workplace that, that I respected, even if they didn't have my same path. Yeah, I think that that ability to be yourself and to feel like just as what you want is different than somebody else's choice, but that you, they still are going to respect where you're coming from. That's right. That makes all the difference. That's right. That's I right. also really love this idea of and trusting that the work is going to challenge you and be interesting, but the people that you work for and with, that's, that's your day-to-day happiness. That is your sense of fulfillment. That's so important. There are people in my career that I don't, I don't care where they go in the world. If they say, I have this thing, I'm going to say, yes, like here, hold my bag. I got to go because <laughs> They're just so dynamic and interesting, and I learn so much from working with them. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we talk a lot about how much, how many, the number of hours we spend in the workplace, yes. whether it be virtually, re- remote these days, but how, how many hours we spend interacting with these individuals, which are not our, you know, our, our family, our blood. Um, and uh, I just had a conversation yesterday with someone. Um, it, my my husband and I had a, a car accident in June, and if I hadn't through my 32 years now, um, felt the love of my coworkers. We felt it then when there was just this swarming of, you know, what do we need to do for you? We're here for you. And we're fine. We're fine. No, you can see me on video, but no, fine. (laughs) Um, We're fine. But it was that moment of, you know, a testing of it. And I was saying to someone yesterday, I actually ended up in our our local office and she said, well, you know what? She said, eight years ago, I had something and, and I realized this is my family. Right. This and so that feeling of those people that are gonna be there for you is and, and I, I'm gonna be transparent with you and your callers. I started Accenture when there was one female partner. I didn't look at most most of my leaders when I started would not have been people I would have felt comfortable in that environment. So you build those relationships, you find you know, your home within, if you will, as you navigate. Do you feel like the patience that you gave it and the containers of time that you created saying, I'm going to give this a year, I'm going to give this a two year. Did that allow you to be more intentional and present with what it was? That's a great point. Um, Yes, I would 100% say yes, right? Um, You know, like any kind of a, a marathon, if you break down your training into components and you say, okay, I'm going to run this far this week, it feels manageable right? And don't get overwhelmed with, with the big audacious goal that you're about to take on and don't overthink that to, to, to say. So um, I don't think intentionally, yes, that was the case. I do reflect back and say, yeah, you know, it's, it's a classic story of taking something big and bringing it down into well, what are the components that, you know, frankly, from an emotional standpoint, a mental health standpoint, an anxiety standpoint, container in my family. Um, and those containers changed Mm. so meaning if you're creating a path of you know stepping stones i really only knew what the next stepping stone needed to look like and if you had asked me to write the blueprint for where the path was going to take me it might have swerved left but when i got to stone three and i had my second son or maybe i had a work experience like external things impacted where i wanted to put that next stone yes and so i I think um, one, it made it manageable, but two, it gave me agility based on events I couldn't predict or, or frankly, my own professional growth and maturity. 
the person I am now is not the person that started with Accenture. My, my, the way I think about things has evolved as we all grow as humans. So, um, yeah, I think that contain, containerizing created a number of different attributes that set the stage. I try to be thoughtful about the season. Like in this season, what can I give this? And how do I want to show up? Because it's always, it's an evolution. And what I can give this September with four children finally outside of the house for the first time in 13 years is really different than what I could give even a week ago in the middle of August when everybody is home, not at camp underfoot. And just changing those expectations and recognizing that this is a season mm-hmm. for better or I, worse. I love that. So as the mother, as I said, I learned football and rugby and um, for 12 years, my son played football, which for those that, that maybe are callers that don't know meant that twice a day in August, he was in practice for three hours at a pops. You know, we were making sure he had massive amounts of calories to eat. And um, I used to say to people, and football season was our, our first quarter of the fiscal year. And I, when we would work on special projects, obviously running the business, we do our jobs. But to your point, when there were other things where we needed to lean in, I would say, don't ask me Q1. Like, um, I, I, I'm, I'm tapped out. It's going to be too hard. And I think um, those seasons are an important element, layering in both our professional and our personal um, impacts over that and then we can figure out what can we really take on and communicating that to others I want to that's exactly where I wanted to go next because you have been a champion not just advocating for what you needed and asking for things that were not expected or the norm at the time and now you're a champion for women and others within the organization doing the same thing how did you approach these conversations of I know this is what it's supposed to be. I know this is the shoulds. That doesn't work for me. Here's what I need. How did you even approach that? And how do you suggest people do it today? Yeah, so one, I'm going to go back to being authentically yourself because we all have our own styles, right? And so what I don't want to do is say, here's the narrative that you should print off and walk into your <laughs> that leadership one. with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and, uh, there was, there's been a joke over my career where someone goes, Oh, if it's in the head, it comes out the mouth, right? Like I just, you know, the filter isn't always on sometimes, (laughs) obviously depending on the environment, but sometimes the filter is not on that gets me in trouble with my husband, but you know, (laughs) the workplace, it goes on a little bit more. Um, and what happened was when I was pregnant with my first son, so many years ago, I know the world has changed, but if we go back into the nineties, people talked about work-life balance. But I don't, it was not, in, it was not embedded into the core and the culture the way um, I believe that we're starting to really embrace it, which is so lovely. Um, my expectation when I got pregnant with my son was, this is now my, the end of my that container, right? Nobody works part-time, certainly not for a consulting company. And I was, again, back to people you work for, very blessed to work with a leader who took me out to lunch solely because she was excited to celebrate, you know, with me back to being part of my work family. And she said, what are you going to do? And, and she really meant it. Like, what do you want to do? And the filter, I think, appropriately in a way was off. And I just said, well, in an ideal world, I'd work full time. Like, here's what, here's what would make me excited about coming to work. 
and I didn't necessarily ask for it, but I stated it as something that's in my head in a bit of a way that was, I know we don't have that, but that's ideally what I'd want. And that started a dialogue. And so I think it, for me, I don't, I've never made demands. We all work, we're working in the business world. There are business constraints, right? Even people that work for me that I'm like, I know you want to do that. I, how would we make that work? You know, come to me with how it could work based on the business conditions. We're running a business. Um, but I do think opening a dialogue as a dialogue. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's why this is important to me now. Maybe it's not forever, right? Here's how this would or wouldn't impact my team, the project. And I don't mean as, you know, certainly for a lot of the women I hear, it doesn't mean you have to take everything on your shoulders of how you're going to burden making it work. Um, but, but I think just truly having a human connection on, you know, we're people working side by side. And in my life right now, here's the things that I'm thinking about. I think bringing that sense of awareness, like this is what I'd like. And then being willing to be bold about in an ideal world. And then being open to how that could actually play out in real life. Knowing that, yeah, not everybody gets exactly what they want 100% of the time. But you will definitely not get what you want if you, number one, don't know what it is. And number two, don't voice it. That's right. I see a lot of women now. I never, I still don't know what I want. Right. This oh, doesn't. Mean, thank you so much for saying this that. Doesn't. So I literally on vacation recently said to my son, "I have to think about my next one to take three years. Like, what? What do I want to do next? Like, what's that next container stuff?" Um, so one is, you know, I don't know. Maybe there are there are some. I do have some peers who are like, I know exactly where I'm headed, and I'm like, that's lovely for you. Um, I talk to people a lot about what energizes you. What are your strengths? What are your attributes? And it's much easier for me to talk to my leadership around, here's where I do my best work. I can't describe the job exactly, but it probably has something to do with these kinds of things. Um, and so I would say there's an element of maybe not always knowing what the next thing is, but the dialogue about, well, what is it that enables you to be authentically you? It makes you excited. I mean, for me, consulting, we're helping our clients. And I love it when we can see them build capability in their organization and carry it forward. I love helping other, you know, diverse um, teams. And Accenture, we talk about inclusion and diversity. It's very much about inclusion for me, right? And, and I have a different style than certainly in 1990, most of the partners <laughs> that I worked with. So are we really being inclusive of even style differences? Like that's where I get my passion. Um, and so being able to articulate where is it that I get energized by, maybe with leaders who have broader perspective and can say, where would that best benefit the company that we could think about where your next step would be? Thank you so much for saying that you are still in this place of figuring it out for the next yeah. one to two years or whatever that might be. Because I think there are either you know and that's wonderful. Congratulations to those six people that are listening right now that know what they want and they have a path and God bless. But 90% of people at least don't know and they feel wrong because they don't know. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing. It's really honestly so surprising and delightful to find out and to make your way without a plan. That's right. 
uh, the world's so agile. I mean, seriously, look at where we are. Look at, I mean, look at COVID. Look at the digital transformation that's, become, I mean, 20 years ago, that's not, would you have been able to predict it? So, you know, give yourself a little grace and, and think about, you know, in durable attributes. You know, if I think about the endurable attributes, certainly for me, I'm, I'm very much about relationships with my coworkers, with my clients, you know, obviously my family and friends, um, you know, thinking strategically about what could be like, think about your endurable attributes because the world around you is going to change. And yes. if you stay true to yourself and keep thinking about now, how did these attributes show up as the world is evolving and ask others to help you think it through? Yes. You know, we, I think we use the word in this podcast a lot about values, you know, endurable attributes and values are very much in alignment and saying, all right, here are the things that light me up. Here are my values and the activities, the to-do list items that are going to activate those values. They're changing all of the time. And I love this idea of inviting another person into your dialogue about what could light up those values because that inclusive thinking of saying uh, somebody else with a different style, a different background, a different perspective is going to bring something different to even how I'm looking at my own attributes, my own values. Oh, I would encourage, so much goodness there. And I would encourage um, your, the listeners to think about who are they asking, right? Mm. Uh, we know, you know, bias is an unconscious bias, and we tend to gravitate toward people like ourselves, um, you know, in a lot of ways. And some of my best guidance, I mean, I had a mentor who couldn't have been more different from me. I mean, just name it, like direct to the, you know, to the point, a little bit harsh. He was my best coach, right? Because he would call it and he would point things out in a way I hadn't thought about them. So I, I also challenge you all to think about who are those people you're going to and just look down that list and, and how much diversity, broad diversity from perspective, style. Places in your organization, backgrounds, are you really bringing into that thought process? Yes. There's an invitation there that we can all take. Uh, there has been so much great dialogue here, Jennifer. Thank you so much for this time. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about today that we haven't gotten into? No, I just hope that your um, that the listeners, you know, the best advice I ever got. Uh, right after my third son and, and it was not advice it was in a room and someone said to one of our leaders you know what's the best advice you would ever gotten and it was our North America CEO at the time and he said someone said to me just don't tap out and admittedly I was having my third son and I think I'm oh, now maybe this is the year right and I said maybe I should just see where it goes and so I think give yourself permission to not pull yourself out it's amazing you know, in the, those years since, I've had my best years yeah. at Accenture, right? So, so my guidance is don't look for someone else to, to tell you what those stones are going to go. They're going to wave in, in the wind. You're going to figure those out. And don't pull yourself off the path because of a fear or lack of an unknown. Just have the courage to take the next step that's authentic to you. Amazing advice. I've got a lightning round of questions. First of all, where can people find you online? Um, so LinkedIn is obviously, uh, the, the probably, um, best, 
best first place to start. So Jennifer, um, I don't know, I think Anne Helly, but Accenture, you'll see. So Jennifer Helly at Accenture, there's only one, um, is the place to start. Awesome. What is your go-to song when you want to up your energy? So, um, you know, I'm actually going to, to be broad on this one. I love <laughs> my, my hidden passion. I, I love pop country music um, because, again, I like to connect with people in the songs. Some of the songs, you know, just relate to people. So I am just going to say, in general, I just put on uh, streaming for, for country pop. I don't actually, I'm one of those people who love so many things. I've never had a favorite song. I have a suite of songs. What does breakfast look like? Um, <laughs> my diversity breakfast on the weekends is usually one day where my husband and I go out and I indulge in a, you know, eggs Benedict. We live in a community that's uh, um, very, um, my hometown is Kenneth Square. It'll be on my, my LinkedIn and it's, we're the mushroom capital of the world. There's a, a lot of um, um, Mexican heritage in the town, which we just love. And so there's a little local place where there's a Venezuelan eggs Benedict. That's my weekend. During the week, it's just a simple cup of coffee and maybe, uh, uh, you know, an egg, something to try to be healthy, healthier so that I can get to the weekend. Do you have a favorite ritual? My favorite ritual is um, doing uh, morning yoga. Um, my mind can be very busy. And so um, it's just one of my strengths, the connector. So I find, um, you know, 30 minutes of me time in a quiet, serene place gets my day started right. What's the book you've given or recommended the most? So I don't know if I've given it, but I keep recommending Radical Candor. Mm, that's a good one. What are you doing imperfectly with great joy? Parenting, 100%. <laughs> my children have self-proclaimed that we're dysfunctional, but it really works for us. And as the mother of 20-year-olds, they all chose, and it was their choice to go on vacation with us um, two weeks ago. So parenting would be top of that list. Win right there. That's just strong win. Jennifer, this has been a delight. Thanks so much for sharing some time with us. Cass, thank you for the opportunity. I, uh, I got more than I gave from this experience. So thank you. And I hope you, your listeners stay the course and don't tap out. Thanks for listening today. I would love your review. Wherever you've listened to this podcast, head on back to that podcast app and give us a five-star review. It will help this episode and all future episodes reach more amazing people just like you.